What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 12 of the Sports Nuts and Beer Guts podcast. No, you've not tuned into the wrong station here. This is your fearless host, Logan Bryant. Got a little frog in my throat, a little cough going on, lungs are a little clogged. But luckily, sounding like the angels that they are, we got Chris Collette and Mac, Matt Hickman. What's going on, gentlemen? You've done Logan. I like the new grit in the voice, man. It's a it's it's a it's a nice sound for you there. I'm thinking about going on tour with Charlie Daniels. <laughs> seeing how far that'll take me. Your version of a devil went down to Georgia may be may be interesting. <laughs> Chris, what are you into on this Wednesday night? Oh, nothing. The wife and kids are away for the week, so uh literally nothing. <laughs> oh boy. I figured you'd be out running laps doing push ups. I I haven't had any sugar this uh this week, so Ooh. that's the one accomplishment. That's impressive. Sugar now, is you in mean like, that is in like sugar? <laughs> right. Uh, Kisses from true. the lady. Because <laughs> that would probably be good if she's gone all week. Uh, true. Otherwise, this is pretty incriminating. Well, Chris, what does a man drink when he's at a home alone all week? Oh, we're drinking the dugout. So I was going to stay sober for tonight because I was like, told myself, I was like, okay, I had a rough weekend. I was like, I'm not going to drink anything. And then uh, I looked at our outline tonight and I was like, man, I got to drink. This is going to be a fun one. So, oh boy, the dugout, the dugout and diet seven up. (laughs) Hickman, what are you sipping on? All right. This is going to be the weirdest drink that I'll have possibly in the entirety of this podcast. This is coming from the guy who's had LaCroix half the night. I was going to say about eight times. What? About eight times. Yeah. (laughs) So this is a 2012 port from the what Kepka oldest port company in the world. I I don't know what I'm talking about. All it is is Alicia and I buy a bottle of wine every year on our anniversary and port keeps for a while. And it's a really interesting, sweet thing. We got it last year because of our son, whose name is Porter. Uh, we know nothing about wine, but port wine cheese is delicious. And, uh, this is really, uh, heavy and pretty good. So do you have to drink it with your pinky up? Uh, preferably your whole hand up. Oh, it's very wow. difficult, frankly. Impressive Portuguese trick from the old world. Well, more impressive. What jersey are you wearing tonight, Hickman? You know, I I felt like um, out of my shame of zero for three picking last week, I should wear a, a, a jersey, and this is the uh, infamous Blaine Gabbert Jacksonville Jaguars jersey. Stud. Speaking of your picks last week, uh, how much did that Florida loss suck for you? You had them plus thirteen and a half. They lose by yeah. fourteen. Like, ah, uh, oh. I was, I mean, I was happy about the outcome, but really, Florida played way better than expected. They were. That was that was a good game. Well, boys, I'm uh I'm drinking the Oak Heart rum and Diet Coke tonight, hoping to warm up the the vocals here, the throat. Normally, I wouldn't be too worried about my voice, but this weekend I am performing my sister's wedding. Any uh any recommendations on things I should or should not mention in said wedding? Okay, I have performed like nine weddings in the past. No joke. I appreciate uh, it. Yeah, that was a successful one right there. 
Um, top for tips now. for weddings. Number one, swear loudly. Patrons Done. love it. People there love it. Number two, mention as many past uh, boyfriends and girlfriends as possible. Oh, that's a good thing. That might be a long list there. I don't know. Yeah, don't know mention, really mention well. an embarrassing story involving uh, not making it to the bathroom on time. People love that. Perfect. And make sure to insult the mother of uh, either br- bride or groom. Can't talk about not Dixie not. like that. Come on, man. Can't insult my own mom. Well, that's and that's why we're groom. And the only instructions I was given is the entire ceremony needs to be less than 15 minutes and they are writing their own vows. That was basically my instructions to Hickman minus writing their own vows. It was more like less than five minutes because there yeah, was you're some like beer the to shortest. be drank. Yeah. Well, we clocked out at eight minutes, wasn't it? I think it was something like that. Maybe it was, 12. Yeah. It would have been eight minutes, but Grandma Snow had to uh, stand at the end of the aisle to make sure everybody's head was turned to look at her before she could start walking. <laughs> <laughs> it was a fun wedding though it was good glad you're hitched um well ladies and gentlemen we got a fun as chris mentioned we got a fun episode we're talking uh the suckiness of the nfl referee situation we're going to talk a little xfl for my boy cole huffman and then we've decided for some reason this week we want to tackle the rock and roll hall of fame nominees for 2020 and then we're going to end it all with a little uh, LeBron James discussion. So, boys, let's get at it. Our Making Sense of the Week segment is sponsored by Edward Jones. Edward Jones Advisors can help work with you to help you understand the impact of short-term events and how to be positioned for the long term. Edward Jones provides the tools for a reasoned, disciplined approach to investing. Call 865-988-7560 to schedule a face-to-face appointment today. Edward Jones, Making Sense of Investing, member SPIC. All right, let's make sense of the week this week. Not a whole lot of big news going on, but one consistent theme that I'm picking up on as I watch the NFL, it looks like the referee situation is probably at the lowest point in history of the league. Can you guys think of a point where the refs sucked more than this? I mean, you you might could say the replacement refs that little <laughs> two week span. That's that's all I have. I forgot I, about that. I, I got nothing too. else. Hickman, Hickman, I mean, you're I, like a football historian here. Well, I mean, I forgot about what you mentioned. That was kind of going to be my point there. Is I feel like we have, you know, aside from the really bizarre, terrible calls, we forget about bad officiating on a week to week basis. Because all right, this week the Lions completely were hosed out of the game. The Lions what 17 of the Packers 24 points were direct result of a, a blown call. So the Lions well, not only by, that, but one of the uh, Packers touchdowns, if you go back and watch the one at the uh, goal line, yeah. dude, dude catches it with his knee down and is clearly not across the goal line. And he's so, touched. yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so for a number of ways that they blew this game and aside from a few Lions fans, we're mostly going to forget about this by next year. It's just, I'm sure there are games like this that happen all the time, especially poor Detroit. I feel like they get them all the time and often with, you know, be against Green Bay. Um, but aside from, you know, the crazy things like the tuck rule, or the which was the right interpretation of a terrible rule, or the snowplow game in the early 80s, those really bizarre things like that, we just forget and the officials are terrible often and we move on and with, you know, cursory apologies and that's all. Unless you're a Saints fan, you do not move on. <laughs> 
<laughs> they are still mad about that pass They're interference. They're still mad. Can, can, can we talk about pass interference being reviewable, but it's really not reviewable? Oh, yeah. Speaking of who likes pass, reviewing pass interference, NFL refs love reviewing pass interference <laughs> yeah. because they like admiring their work because they refuse to change a call no matter what. I mean, it's clearly the refs just giving an F you to the league and saying, yeah, we'll review it. And that's all we're going to do. We're just going to watch it again and admire the first call that we made. Uh, and I do yeah, think it's, part it's, of, I think part of the reason why the NFL refs seem to suck so bad right now is partly of the transparency that after the game, they do come out and say, you know, like they did that Monday night game. Yeah. The second hands to the face never should have been called. Um, and I appreciate them doing that, but I mean, what do, what do we actually do to fix the situation when the game is over? Chris, any ideas? Uh, the only real solution here is to have some kind of like sky judge that just uh, kind of beeps in and kind of overrules here and there. Uh, but I don't see that. I mean, the NFL still marks the ball with some 65-year-old man guessing the spot. Like, <laughs> we have a freaking chain gang out here that's – I mean, how, how do they know on the sidelines where to even put the chains to start with? They well, just kind of guess. The, the chain gang now uses the old uh, pylon cam. Have you noticed that? No, I haven't. They have a pylon that they now put at the first down marker because it has a camera in it. No, oh. it doesn't. There's no telling why the pylon, how the pylon's in the right spot, but they, the pylon is put there with the camera in there to view. Impressive. Yeah, I mean, NFL's they're so outdated for a, I don't know, ten plus billion dollar company. I don't. I mean, technology's great. You like watch tennis, and if, if there's a question about a call, like you know exactly where that ball hit. I just find it amazing the NFL doesn't have anything remotely like that. I understand the sports are different, but still, you think they could track the football? I mean, you see on like, on Twitter, and they show like what all twenty-two guys on the field are doing throughout the play. Like you see where they're going and that kind of thing. If they have that technology for players, I mean, they have it for the ball, I'm sure too. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. The, so certainly, the NFL would have the resources and technology to do digital ball spotting or whatever, you know, whatever you need for that. And it's the, the technology they use is effectively the exact same as, that you see at, you know, Boone's Creek Middle School down the road. That some dude walking down, you know, possibly, obviously this person would be less qualified, but I spot in the ball. I, I mean, I get it in like FIFA, while every, why everything has to be the same, because if it's a match between England and Germany, it's got to be held to the same standards as like, you know, Mozambique versus Malawi. And the fields are obviously very different, but you have to have the same technology because they're competing on the same field. But I I just, I don't, I don't get it. Yeah. Well, we're going to make sense of this by agreeing. The NFL refs suck. Um, We can't blame it. We rarely agree on everything. (laughs) We can't blame it on their being overworked. We can't blame it on, you know, they didn't have preparation. You know, they're out of shape or whatever. These are, they, they are out of shape, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, they are, but these are younger. Um, they, you know, they do have fitness tests to have to go through. Um, I don't know what the what the solution is, but I just feel like at this point the refs are just giving a middle finger to the league and saying, "What are you going to do without us? We're going to ref this how we want." So I'm not sure how we make sense of that. One thing we can make sense of, though, is the Carolina Panthers quarterback situation, Hickman. Have we seen the end of Cam Newton for the Panthers? Whew, I don't, he, we haven't seen that end. He'll he'll play again, but I don't think he's a starter game one next year. Um, ever since he had that post game press conference when he looked like fake Prince, 
like giant prints. Uh, I, I don't it's like, all right, Cam's Cam's gone off the deep end. So much for my preseason pick of his resurgent season, leading the Panthers to 12. The Panthers could win 12, but it's not going to be because of Cam. Chris, what do you think? Is Cam coming back? Um, I mean, he may come back, but he's not going to be the starter. Uh, Kyle Allen. I mean, they're 4-0 with Kyle Allen. Kyle Allen's stats are actually good. Um, Would never guess that by watching him play college football at Texas A&M. But, yeah, he he actually looks good. He's obviously cheaper. Um, I'm pretty sure the Panthers can move on with no dead cap money after this season. So his days in Carolina are numbered, and barring an injury, I don't see him getting back on the field. Yeah, I don't think Cam's coming back to be a backup. If if that's his role, if he knows he's not starting, dude's going to force his way into a trade, and yeah. there's a handful of teams that will bring him in. You think he gets like a fake surgery or something like uh, back knee, just like something minor? Oh yeah, he'll get. Yeah, that he knows he's not starting. Yeah, that shoulder will get cleaned out one more time, which is probably going to have to to clear some team's physical out there. Um, so he'll he'll get something worked on. Well, speaking of Texas A and M, the first round of the XFL draft was this week, and. I don't know if you guys saw how they're doing this, but the starting quarterbacks for the league were handed out to the teams. They did not get to draft their starting quarterbacks. And then the draft basically went round by round, but like the first first round was all um, skill players. So everybody had to pick a wide receiver, running back, tight end, quarterback, a backup if they wanted. Um, then they went through offensive line, defensive front seven, the defensive backs, and then they could drift – anybody after that if you guys had an expansion league how do you guys feel about running a draft that way chris um i the whole xfl whoa, whoa, experience slow, slow that, slow that I, take don't get too excited i know <laughs> the, the whole xfl experience is it's just a train wreck waiting to happen you're paying us fifty five thousand dollars to uh <laughs> well, these first. guys get 55, but the starting quarterbacks that they put on each team get paid $500,000. Oh. <laughs> That's not going uh, yeah. to cause any locker room issues. No, not at all. Nope. I mean, 55000 if a guy actually does well, like, like he, it's beneficial for him to quit midseason so he's healthy uh, to try to make an NFL job because, I mean, what's the league minimum in the NFL? Probably six, seven hundred thousand. 700000 Yeah, I think it's about four fifty, five hundred. Uh, yeah. So, but in the XFL, if a guy does well, it doesn't matter because they only get pa- they get paid based on if their team wins or not. Is that true? It is. So they get they get uh, bonus based on it's like they get two thousand dollars extra every game that they win. Did uh, uh, Cole Huffman come up with this pay scale? <laughs> I don't know how they got people to sign up for this, but as we mentioned, Texas A and M in the first round of the XFL, Texas A and M had two running backs drafted. So Kristen Hicken, Michael. Yep, yes. he was one. He was one. Who's the other one? Trey Williams. No Never idea who that him. is. Okay, I'm glad we're on the same boat because here is the first uh first round draft of the XFL. Rashard Davis, a wide receiver from James Madison. Shout out McCord Boyd. <laughs> yep. Gore's the Houston, Houston Roughnecks decided they didn't like the starting quarterback they were given, so they drafted Connor Cook, quarterback out of Michigan State, in the first round. Probably a pretty good pick for the XFL. He started a playoff game, didn't he? Oh, did he? 
for the Raiders? Didn't he, he start he one did for the Raiders? Start. I think that's the only game Bill O'Brien's won in the playoffs. It's <laughs> true. <laughs> oh, well, then the uh, New York Guardians decided to draft D'Angelo Yancey, wide receiver out of Purdue. Ever heard of him? Okay. Nope. Dallas Renegades went Jeff Bidette. Excuse me, Oklahoma wide receiver from Oklahoma and Kentucky. Ooh. I've already decided I'm a Dallas Renegades fan this year. Logan, did you know that wide receiver before he got drafted? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, he was a stud deep threat at Kentucky who transferred to Oklahoma his senior year. Um, Dallas Renegades are coached by Bob Stoops. What? Yes. I didn't know. Well, I had no Bob, idea. Bob Stoops, guess who his offensive coordinator is? Oh, gosh. How Mummy. How Mummy. Yeah. <laughs> and oh, his totally team, Dallas fan. And his team is full of Oklahoma play. Like, it's totally Bob Stoops reuniting the boys. Um, the Tampa Bay Vipers decided they wanted to tie it in in the first round. Uh, some tied in from Grand Rapids Junior College. Do you know how many god-awful tight ends are in the NFL like starting right now can you imagine how bad an XFL starting tight end has to be you're besmirching the name of the great Luke Wilson can you imagine how bad the general manager of a team has to be to pick a tight end in the first round to build a roster around uh, then, then we had the two Texas A&M running backs and then Elijah Hood running back from North Carolina so all of Four players on that in the first round of XFL players I've heard of. This is not a league I plan on watching uh, on TV at any time. No. And that's coming from a noted Dallas Renegades fan, self-proclaimed, just decided. All right, so let's make sense now. Something oh, everybody's yeah. excited about, something that um, I get asked about all the time. Everybody loves my musical taste and interest. Logan, you obviously love the best bands. Who's your favorite band? Who do you think is going <laughs> to get the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? So, guys, let's quickly go through the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame nominees. Let me first mention, I have probably heard of three, maybe four. Um, Hickman, you're a music guy. Can you, first of all, help me understand the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? It's not just rock and roll. We got rappers. We got country people. So I think it mostly has to do with people who advanced music and were culturally significant to to music and, you know, contributed things that may or may not have been commercial successes. Mostly, I believe they are commercial successes. I've never been to the Hall of Fame. I'd love to go. Um, I don't know what I would learn from it, but, um, yeah, it doesn't. somebody doesn't necessarily have to be um, super famous to have had significant contributions. Okay. So the people that get in aren't necessarily the best performers, made the most money. They're just people that well, play music for a long time. Like, well, somebody who's an average talent could be a huge commercial success. Like my point has always been like George Strait. He never wrote a song. He plays five chords. I mean, he's an okay singer, but he's all like, you know, propped up an image. He's he has contributed possibly an image, but he's not a great Musician, nor songwriter, nor is he an incredible singer. But who did you say? George Strait. Lots of people are going to hate me for saying that. But God, I'm seriously. He never wrote a song. Write a song, dude. Why couldn't you pick like a shitty country music singer? That's like Luke Bryan. You should have said Luke Bryan. Don't besmirch the name of Florida Georgia. I don't know anything about Luke Bryan. I know that George Strait did not write any songs. 
you stand him up with some tight jeans and a guitar and he sings and he plays three chords mm-hmm. and people love it. And that's, it's, I mean. All right. So we will now be listening to my takes on music and not Matt Hickman's. <laughs> so boys. I'm just saying, if you love him, that's fine. But I, you know, hey. If you love him, why don't you marry him? First up, Pat Benatar. I got Chris, this one. Yeah. Pat Benatar, in or out? Um, I said, sure. Um, but I really thought Pat Benatar was a guy. And then I listened to the first song and I was like, Oh, definitely not a guy. Um, yeah, I think, I, I think she's in. So I said, sure. I have, uh, I've not heard of Pat Benatar, but I have heard of one of her songs. I don't know if she is in or not, but if Chris says she's in then by George, she's in. You've, you've heard of heartbreaker. You're a heartbreaker, dream shaker. That song, right? You've heard of We Belong, right? Uh, not heard do you know your audience tonight, Hickman? I mean, <laughs> I do. Song That's, these songs came out when we were born. We were like two years old. Gosh, that was like the 1970s or something. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> this is going to be fun. We, we may need to redo this one with uh, McClure and AWOL, but this is going to be fun. Let's keep going. Number two, Dave Matthews Band in hands down no questions about it there are more people walk driving around with dave matthews band stickers on the back of their car than any other band put them in there uh hickman depeche mode in or out it's pronounced depeche mode it was depeche. an 80s n- depeche more mode. like the douche mode um, well <laughs> so the thing about depeche mode it was like this uh, emo before emo existed, and like in the eighties, like they were often called like depressed mood, <laughs> as yeah. opposed to that. So um, they were sort of the I, again. I may be talking out of my butt here, but from what I understand, they were like precursors to grunge. So they sort of brought, um, you know, what, what they did sort of, you know, allowed for some other commercial successes of of derivatives of what they did. So uh, they I would say, suck, in, basically, what? No way. I I had one word next to the. Dep- the patch mode and it was awful yes <laughs> kick them out all right oh, i think we're gonna agree on the next two uh one of my personal favorites because i love black water the doobie brothers i think we can all agree doobie brothers are in i said Chris. whatevs not my thing oh well, they were Roll better with water keep on rolling do you sound that's pretty good, Logan? Given your, given the new uh, you know deep vocals there, I like it. I think they were better without Michael McDonald. Um, I think most people think that sick bass lines on some of their stuff, taking it to the streets, crazy bass line. But uh, yeah, they're definitely in. All right. Well, speaking of sick bass lines, next up, Whitney Houston. <laughs> oh God. Uh, Whitney Houston's got to be in right now. Why? Why she's rock and roll? I don't know, but. She's an she's, all-timer. Her she's voice like, was insane. She's one of the best at what she does, right? I, I mean, yeah. Yeah, that like songs like you know, Wanna Dance with Somebody. I mean, it, she was that that whole album. She was she was yeah, incredible I mean, she, voice. I mean, she's all-time not voice. quite she's not quite Michael Lewis on the uh uh national anthem, but she's okay. Michael. You're thinking of you're thinking Carl of Lewis. Oh. Carl Lewis. Oh, I was really confused as to who Michael Lewis was. <laughs> Oh man, Carl Carl Lewis's national anthem was awesome. That's an all timer. Oh my gosh! I, I have a really funny Whitney Houston story, real fast. Ooh. Oh, let's good. hear it. So, whenever I was a manager, tech basketball, we were playing at TSU the night that Whitney Houston died. Oh. So it literally news started coming out like literally right before a game, uh, like the end of like 
OVC basketball, there's a double hitter Saturday nights usually. So girls game five thirty, guys game twenty five minutes afterwards. So girls game starts to end and you start like seeing like Whitney Houston die and they're like, Oh, big deal. Well, we're at TSU, which is primarily all black school. And for our warm ups for that game, we had all Whitney, like Whitney Houston's greatest hits. And like people were in tears the whole time. It literally killed the mood for the game. It killed everything. Tech lost like a game that was in the 50s. Oh. Uh, t- two teams that like to run up and down the court. They only scored in the 50s. And I blame Whitney Houston for that. So why'd you have to die then? Wow, Chris. I know. All right. Next five I'm going to go through quickly because they are all terrible. <laughs> Judas Priest. Any reason why they should be in? I mean, they were a big deal in the 80s. I think they, uh, you know, yeah, they were no. hardcore rockers. Nope. What about uh, this band here called Kraftwerk? Oh. Yeah, so before we, when I saw the episode, I was like, hey, I'm going to have to learn how to edit out F-bombs. That was the band I had an F-bomb over. I just said <laughs> effing terrible. They are so bad. Some like techno band. It's awful. I have no idea who they are. Well, what about MC5? Any idea who they are? Still don't know. Nope. My my quote on that one was, not sure how they were nominated for any Hall of Fame. <laughs> well, their top hit was called Kick Out the Jams. Hit number 82 on the uh, top 100 list, Billboard list. Nice. Um, the next band has zero top 100 hits. Motorhead. Any reason Motorhead to put was them a, in? Super similar to Judas Priest. They were like a big deal. You'll still find like Motorhead fans that like... You know, love to headbang and thrash. I think they were again. They anything to do with like getting roadhead? Was that ooh. that? Ooh, it could have been how they got their name. I don't know. I, I'm not researching that. But. Well, if you're a Motorhead fan, you are lame. And then I'm going to go with this last one here. Terrible. Don't put them in there. Nine inch nails. Johnny Any Cash reason? is better. Oh yeah, yeah. His version of Hurt was way better, but I mean, I don't. They weren't my jam, but I think they were a big deal. Well, I know. I mean, they were a big deal. Well, I'm kind of. I don't have any commentary on them. Well, what about Notorious B.I.G.? Come on now, in or out, Kickman. Yeah, this is this is a Logan take right here. Well, guaranteed. Put him in first ballot. He will be one of only two rappers in there by themselves. Do you know who the other one is? Oh, no. Tupac. Uh, yeah, Tupac and B- Biggie. Going to be the only two in there. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer in no, my book. He should be in there. I remember I, seeing this clip of him when he was like 16, uh, you know, freestyling with something just r- ridiculous, brain working quicker than any of ours can or most anyone's is ridiculous so yeah i i said put him in because r.i.p g baby if you watch the movie hardball you know what i'm talking about r.i.p love that movie all right uh, i had to look this one up several times uh looks like uh shaka khan is also next on the list shaka khan's best song is a song in which shaka khan repeatedly says shaka khan shaka khan yeah. shaka khan shaka khan any reason for Shaka Khan, who has one song, and all they do is repeat their name, any reason for them to be in the Hall of Fame? 
No, absolutely uh, not. All right. I, I said I would. I said I would rather get a vasectomy than listen to another Shaka Khan song. <laughs> uh, I didn't think snap, it was that snap. bad. I just thought it was lame. All right, Todd Rundgren uh, was evidently a big hit in the early seventies. Anybody have any uh, strong feelings on Todd? Okay, I had to look Todd up. Apparently, he was a producer and actually worked with a lot of really big acts. So, uh, sure. Hard pass. Hard pass. <laughs> now, I got to be honest. I feel like this is a band I should know more about, but I really don't. Soundgarden. I feel like it's a big band. I don't know any of their songs. I listened to them. None of them rung a bell, but I feel like I've heard Soundgarden. You probably know Black Hole Sun. Back when we used to play Rock Band, they that, that song was a big deal there. That's the, specifically the first one I looked up, and I have, don't think I've ever heard it before. Okay. I, I said sure on them because I had heard a song. Okay. All right, next two, I'm putting them both in T-Rex, partly because I love the name T-Rex. That one song? That's probably the only reason you're putting them in. <laughs> uh, and then the last one, we better be putting them in. They are, hopefully not R.I.P. the podcast, but they provide the, theme, they provide the theme song. Thin Lizzy, the boys are back in town. Chris, is Thin Lizzy in or out? Um. I think we should get some credit because obviously they didn't get nominated until we made them their, their unofficial theme song. Uh-oh. So, uh, uh, yeah, they're in. Um, Very true. If Gave Brothers ever get around to recording us a theme song, <laughs> we will replace them immediately. But we, for right we, now, we will not, only re- we'll not only re- replace them with the Agave Brothers, but we will promote the Agave Brothers until they get into the Hall of Fame. Well, I mean, it worked with Thin Lizzy. I mean, hey. Then Lizzy, greatest Irish rock band of all time. Suck at you too. So shots fired by Matt Hickman. All right, let's work our way to Chug Sipper Poor Boys. First up, coming from the Facebook group. Uh, again, Sports Nuts and Beer Guts Pod on Facebook. We're going to ask each week for a uh, Chug Sipper Poor drink. This this week, our drink, the Jaeger Bomb. A little Jaeger, a little Red Bull. Hickman, Chug Zipper, Pour, Jaeger Bomb. All right. Uh, quick story about these. I've had, I, I remember having these one time ever. And I was, it was my 25th birthday. And it was when I was working for the, you know, that organization when I was traveling and, and doing different things. And I was in uh, Bulgaria. And I, yeah, that was a, a night where we first thing, I ended up like breaking into some Roman ruins and getting kicked out. So that was pretty awesome. And then I found myself at this bar with a few of my friends, uh, you know, from our Christian organization, sitting there having some drinks at this Bulgarian bar. And one guy's like, hey, man, we should have some Jaeger bombs. I was like, I have no idea what that is. So it turned, like you said, it's it's uh, Red Bull and Jaeger. So this bartender sort of absentmindedly walks up and sits down a bottle of Jaeger and a bunch of cans of this drink called Shark. <laughs> it turns out... Shark is some sort of energy drink, and somebody said, no, 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 man, this is a Jaeger atomic bomb. Did it make you shart? It, it did not. <laughs> Thanks for asking. So my first introduction was pouring Jaeger with shark, whatever shark is. And, uh, yeah, we had, a, we had a fun night. That was uh, so you're, cheers to 25. That was a long time so, ago now. So you're pouring the Jaeger bomb? Uh, it was awful. So, yes. Yes. Oh. It may be better with Red Bull, but with Shark, that's my only experience. Uh, I'm going to pour it out. 
Chris, help us out here. Chug, sip, and pour the I need some better friends on this podcast, I guess. I'm going to chug this one all day long, and my wife will hate me for chugging this one. So, funny Mm -hmm. story, back in my college, in my alcoholic days, I, uh, Tuesday nights, went to a bar called Spanky's. There was live music, um, and they also had specials. It was dollar, dollar drafts and two for one Jaeger bombs. So I would drink dollar drafts and then I would get drunk and I would start pounding the, the Jaeger bombs. And luckily at that time, Liz was, I was dating Liz. So about two 30 in the morning, I would text Liz drunkenly and be like, Hey, can you come pick me up? Question mark. She would come pick me up from the bar and take me home. And I would immediately pass out. Hmm. Well, this night I, I had a lot of Jaeger bombs and it was a good night. I text her, hey, can you come pick me up? She comes, picks me up. And I go back to her place and I fall asleep. Sometime later, not sure how long ago, I get up to go to the bathroom in which I piss right in the middle of her bedroom floor. Like, <laughs> couldn't have centered that one any better. And uh, she, she, she throws something at me, gets pissed at me. And she shows me to the bathroom in which I uh, decide I'm going to go to bed in the shower with the shower running. <laughs> Uh, that was one wild night. I, I married this girl, so oh obviously God. didn't scar her too much, but that's my favorite Jaeger bomb story. I'm chugging Jaeger bombs. I piss in random spots when I chug Jaeger bombs. Another night. This is also funny. Wow. Great story. Jaeger brings great stories out. <laughs> so I was the treasurer of my fraternity for, uh, I don't know, a year or two. And, <laughs> and I was responsible for picking up the t-shirts whenever we had t-shirt orders for like our philanthropy. So we had a t-shirt order, picked them up, had a great Tuesday night at the bar, got very intoxicated on Jaeger bombs. Um, come back to my, I was living at the ag house at the time, fraternity house. And, uh, I definitely pissed in the t-shirt box oh. before, I, before I'd handed them out, <laughs> wake up the next day, somebody asked for a t-shirt and all the t-shirts are wet. And I put two and two together and figured out what oh happened. Gosh, I was like, dude. Oh shit. Not sure what to do now. So I uh, laid out all the t-shirts literally all over my room, um, locked the door so nobody could go in there, and then I put them back in the box and folded them nice and neat, handed them out, and <laughs> once I handed them out, people started like putting them on instantly, in which I'm just like, oh God, if they just knew. Oh, and wow. they can never go to a blacklight bowling alley again. Their shirts going to have all this. <laughs> oh, Chris. Yeah. Well... Oh. I don't. I don't have any uh, any fun stories with Jaeger bomb because I'm a responsible adult. Kids drink responsibly if you're over 21. Um, but I'm chugging the Jaeger bomb because there's really no other way. You're not sipping it. Uh, Thank you. You can pour it. You can pour it. Like sipping, it's absolutely the wrong choice. You don't want to sip it. Yeah. Shark or no shark, you're not sipping it. Uh, but I'm I'm chugging the Jaeger bomb. My wife may be having me sleep on the couch tonight. She will not be happy. She is not a fan of the Jaeger. So so next year for the draft, we are absolutely giving Chris Jaeger bombs. Now the risk nope. we're taking is nope. that Vegas next year. Something gets paid on. Idea. Vegas. <laughs> yeah. He's not doing that if he's sleeping in That's my true. house or room. How, that how many absolutely... hundreds or thousands of dollars could I lose in Vegas? Okay. That's true. It could, next, it could get dangerous. The next morning we gotta go find Chris and he's you know, he's on top of the casino or something yeah yeah (laughs) all right well boys next chug sip or pour a kenyan believe it or not 
first ever to run a marathon under two hours, but they, uh, the people that make these decisions, the International Track and Field Association, has decided it will not count as the world record because he had 36 different pacers. He had a car driving in front of him telling him exactly where to run on the road. Uh, for those of you who probably don't keep up with this kind of stuff, Nike has been trying for years to break the two-hour marathon. This guy finally does it, but they won't let it count as a world record. Chris, chug, sip, or pour? I'm going to sip it. Um, he did run a marathon under two hours. That's the only reason I'm not pouring it out. Like He, he did do that, so it actually happened. It was very BS the way he did it. Um, it wasn't an actual race. I mean, it was very, very flat from what I read. And literally, the car had like lasers telling him the exact pathway to run. They had like the flying V of runners <laughs> of pacers in front of them to help him out a little more. So if, if this was a real race, if this is like the Chicago Marathon or New York, Boston, any other mar- any any marathon that's actually official and it's actual race, I would be like, oh, it counts. But this was so just made up. I mean, I'm surprised they didn't have it just straight downhill so he could get it. Oh, it was BS. So I'm going to sip it just because he actually did do it. So there. Hickman, you're friendly with the Kenyans. Chuck Zipper poor. Do love Kenya. Um, so, all right. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to pour out the verdict. Uh, maybe I'm saying this wrong. I I love that it happened. I love that he did it and I'm going to pour out that it doesn't count. Here's why. Um, Sure, there were lasers and all that stuff. The Pacers, I guess, that's the one thing that 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 gets me. Uh, that's that's the one thing that would maybe change sway me a little bit. But here's the thing, the you know the four minute mile was the big barrier for that for years, and now you know the two two hour marathons <clears throat> a huge barrier. Obviously, technology has changed in a number of different ways. Like obviously, you couldn't shoot a laser on the street in 1975 when Steve Prefontaine was running, but. Um, as as far as um, that's you know, a great movie have changed. What we know has changed, and you know why shouldn't this be different? He's the first person to actually do that. So, man, let the record count. Well, I'm chugging this idea for the simple fact that in almost every race, even in the Olympics, they'll have these rabbits out there. They'll have on these distance runs. They'll have a pacer out there. The one that you never see a pacer is in the marathon. Um, you know, it's designed as a race. They don't allow somebody to just jump in halfway through the race to run with you. That's uh, highly illegal. So I'm actually chugging this. He is going to try to run it again. Um, I would love for him to actually compete in an actual marathon. But to Chris's point, when they when they certify these marathons, all they're certifying is the distance. You know, the um, far west knoxville marathon could happen next year around my house and as long as it's 26.1 miles they're gonna they they could certify it 26.2 thanks chris extra tenths of a mile that's what kept me under two hours i can tell you that um so i just i want to see him do it with i don't care if it's ideal conditions or not but i am impressed he was able to able to do it Something I'm not impressed with. Next chug sip or pour. There is a high school in Illinois who has decided to feed their offensive lineman pancakes on the sideline 
by their strength coach after a pancake block. The team is 6-0. and It obviously is working. Hickman, you are former high school offensive lineman. Chuck Sipper pancakes on the sidelines. I've got a carbo load, man. Um, i got a quick pancake story, but uh, I'm going to pour out eating pancakes on the sidelines. That sounds like a horrible idea. Um, I briefly coached. You guys were great friends and supported me. I briefly coached football for the Kings Academy in Seymour, Tennessee, and for their middle school and their high school. And the middle school, this was the first time game that I'd ever called the plays. I was calling all the offensive. Uh, I was effectively the offensive coordinator, call all the plays for middle school football. Well, we had the ball at the uh, one-yard line, scoreless game, about to go in for the first points of the game, which was in the third quarter. And uh, for some, like we had a timeout. I don't know why timeout was called, but I went in there and talked to the middle school offensive lineman, you know, hyping him up for this play. And I was just, you know, I can't remember what I called. But anyway, the guard, this 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 dude who was, you know, five nothing, maybe 120 pounds. He grabs the center who was bigger than him and grabs the tackle that was bigger than him. He's like, "You bring the syrup, you bring the butter, and I'm making the pancakes." It's like. All right, man. <laughs> this little tiny dude. Sounds like little Jameis Winston over there. Oh, I'm going get a W. You got a W. <laughs> I, was so, I was so psyched for these boys. You want to guess what happened on that play? Pancake. Quarterback fumbled. Uh-huh. <laughs> they recovered. We did win the game six to nothing. So, well, hey, did enough to win. And I bet know, if you were serving pancakes on the sideline, the quarterback wouldn't have fumbled. He maybe not. Maybe the syrup could have, you know, helped for the receivers to catch a little bit. But yeah, it's ridiculous. Chris, Chuck Zipper pour pancakes on the sideline. I'm chucking that one. <laughs> yeah, my man. Um, okay. An earlier podcast, we talked about this and we were like, ah, props, celebratory props in football. Like, what do you think of them? This is original. <laughs> this is, this qualifies as original. It's, it's great. I love it. I'm chugging them all day. Plus, I mean, I didn't like start weighing 240 pounds by not eating pancakes. So, <laughs> I mean, there was, I remember there was a, a intramural soccer game that we played in which I ate half a strawberry pie on the sidelines. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I've, I've always liked some sweets. So, why did you have a strawberry up for some, pie at the sideline of a soccer game? My, my mom made me some strawberry pies. I was hungry. Didn't like it was right during dinner time. So, I was, Took the strawberry pie with me and ate it on the sideline. So classic 2005, Chris. Yeah, I volunteered to come out of the game so I could eat strawberry pie. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm with Chris. I am chugging this. Tell me what high school kid doesn't want to come to the sideline and get some of that pancake action? Nom 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 nom. nom. Oh my gosh! I also feel like pancakes on the sideline is like the old uh, wankers on the courthouse. <laughs> we can't have that. <laughs> So I love it. It's original. You know it gets kids fired up. If they were to feed me, um, you know, zebra cakes or something on the sideline for every goal or something I'd scored, sign me up for that. I'm all about it. And obviously it's working. The team is 6-0. and All right, guys, quickly here. Chug Zipper Pour, Chris. Pinktober in the NFL. Tis the season. Um, I'm going to pour because it should be one, one, one week, not a whole freaking month. Poor, poor, poor. It doesn't match your uniforms half like more than half the time. Looks hideous. Pour it out. Just pick one week. Hickman, I'll take a week too. I'll, I'll pour it. Also, I, I think Coman's financial financials are a little dubious, right? From what we read, 
Okay. Anyway, yeah, I'm I'm gonna pour it out. A week's <laughs> a week's fine. We'll, we'll, well spare my commentary on nonprofits. I'm uh, I'm gonna sip this. Um, I'm okay with it being a month, but the one tweak I would make is I wish the NFL would let every team pick their own um, charity, their own cancer, whatever. I'd get on board uh, with that and roll with that because I'm tired of seeing the Bengals in their white and orange uniforms have to have these bright pink you know flashes everywhere that does not go together it clashes bad let, let them let them pick something and go with it um that's that's local to them finally for chug sipper poor chris coming at you chug sipper poor lebron james is a better foreign ambassador than dennis rodman i'm gonna pour that one lebron thinks he's always the smartest guy in the room uh because he's i guess he's good at basketball or something it's probably that um, college degree yeah he he's I mean, you could say high school degree, and you'd probably laugh at that one. Um, yeah, he's he's literally never the smartest man in the room. Um, I I really thought the Chinese basketball thing had started to die down. My Twitter feed told me it started to die down, and then LeBron gets up here and just says stupid shit. And oh, let's poke the fire a little bit. I'm like, hey, Adam Silver, let me hold hold my beer. I'll take care of this issue for you. Yeah, whatever. Poor Hickman. I'm also pouring it out. Um, I think LeBron's smarter than you're giving him credit for, Chris, but this was a swing and a miss right there. I am uh, definitely pouring that LeBron's a better ambassador than Dennis Rodman. I don't know of anybody in a foreign country that's ever been burning Dennis Rodman's jersey. Uh, what other dude has gone into a place like North Korea and had some semblance of of success there? If I'm uh, If I'm LeBron... We're not going to get into the argument of whether or not he is better than MJ, but I would heed he M- <laughs> I would heed MJ's <laughs> advice here. And uh, long ago, MJ made the comment when he was talking about some uh, some political stuff that was going on. Of hey, I'm not going to say anything because Republicans buy shoes too. Okay, Clay Travis. <laughs> if you're LeBron, I think uh, I think for some reason he's become the mouthpiece. And the idea of, hey, guys, let's all say that we just don't have enough information on the subject matter to talk about it um, is getting old. And if you're going to talk, you clearly have something to say. So That's about- come on, LeBron. We expect better. All right, guys, let's work our way into our picking and grinning segment. Chris, where do we stand uh, right now? Man, um, it's kind of depressing. Uh, Logan. We we tied for the for the lead last week. We were both one yeah. and two. Good week no. for us. Molly. That would make Hick, I guess that would make Hickman zero and three. Um, yep. Looking at the dollar bills, um, Hickman is catching up to Logan as far as sucking goes. So, Cash money. if you have a punishment for the loser, it's quite close right now for second and third. I won't say who's in first place, but it's probably me. But yeah. The balls. Yeah. First- so yeah. What were you say, Hickman? No, it's, yeah, punishment should go to the first place guy, right, Logan? Isn't that what we agreed? <laughs> oh, it's there's definitely Two punishment one. coming. You're out, Chris. Winner gets <laughs> oh, kicked in the nuts. All right, Hickman, how you making money this week? Well, huh, uh, not by betting <laughs> on sports. <laughs> Sticking to my nine to five. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, last week I was a big fat zero and three. I was uh, making picks. Um, theme of that week was. What I wanted to happen uh, wouldn't happen. And it turns out the Steelers won. Tennessee won. I couldn't believe that one. 
and Florida didn't cover. They probably should have, but they didn't. So, all right. This week, um, three bets. Are you, I can't are you say taking the Alabama money line so Tennessee will win? Is that what you're going for? The Alabama money line. <laughs> That'd probably be a good call there. There's no way Tennessee. I, I will I will eat a sock next week if Tennessee beat Alabama. Um, beats Alabama. Anyway. You can eat um, one of Chris's college socks. Douglas Martin's laughing his ass oh off right gosh. now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Thin Lizzy won't get us taken off the air. That's going. <laughs> that's that's it right there. Oh god, uh, need to drink something stronger than port to get over that one. But anyway, um, all right. This week I've got a couple of road underdogs and over under. First one, uh, Arizona State is the 17th ranked team in the country. Utah is 13th, and for some reason, Arizona State is a 13-and-a-half-point dog on the road at Utah. Um, definitely like Arizona State in that one. Um, I, I'm more confident in that bet than I have been in most any, so for whatever that's worth, it's probably going to be wrong. But Herm Edwards, my boy, uh, Arizona State keeps that one close. Um, the next one, going to the NFL, Um the Saints are three-point underdogs at Chicago, so you know the Bear. You know Vegas considers those teams even, apparently, since Chicago's getting three at home. Um, Trubisky's so bad. The offense is so bad, and the Saints' defense has been pretty good. Uh, I don't think the Bears can score, so I like the Saints at plus three. And the last one, a game that I think is going to have a lot of points, going to go with an over/under. Uh, Cardinals and Giants, the over-under set at 50.5. I think that Kyler Murray and Danny Dimes are going to have a field day of, of rookie quarterbacks putting up some points against terrible defenses. Um, Saquon may play, um, so I like that game to put some points on the board. So, over-under, I'm taking the over. Nice. All right. I got to come back to make, so I'm going to make Chris work this week as he tries to track my picks. First up. Louisville, who plays Clemson, will lose by more than Kentucky, who plays Georgia. You're making up your own bets now. <laughs> yes. So, again, to rehash, Louisville plays Clemson, Kentucky plays Georgia. I am betting that Louisville loses by more than Kentucky does. Mark it down. If you can find a bookie to take your bet, do it. You William Hill Sportsbook. There you go. All right. Dog, dog Dizzle Sportsbook. Second up, Missouri at Vandy will have less than 25,000 people in attendance. I assume that stadium only holds like 40 to 50. I can't imagine why anybody would go, even Missouri fans. Vandy is terrible. They're going for less. an SEC game. They're going for less than 25,000 in attendance. And then last up, the Bears will have more sacks than touchdowns versus New Orleans. Let's the Bears had, who, they had... Who's putting they had, those odds out? Well, they had no sacks last week. And I don't know if you know this, but Teddy Did Bridgewater... Did play last week? Or two weeks ago. <laughs> oh, okay. So they haven't had <laughs> a sack last for... Week either. They haven't had a sack for two weeks, the Bears wow. have. And I don't know if you guys know this, but Teddy Ribeye, Teddy Bridgewater is the highest paid backup quarterback in the NFL. And they're going to sack him a lot. A lot. So the Bears have more sacks than touchdowns versus New Orleans. Chalk it up, 3-0. Eat it. 
coming for you, call it. Okay, here, here's some like actual real lines we're betting on right now. So uh, <laughs> I had the Arizona State game as well, but since me and Hickman, when we picked the same game, it turns out awful. I'm fading that one. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Georgia minus 25 versus Kentucky. Kentucky starting a wide receiver. Georgia lost last week. They're pissed. Uh, Georgia's covering that one. Uh, just um, so you know, Kentucky may not be starting a wide receiver. Oh, little insider, little insider scoop here. Actually, have a quarterback to start. One of our quarterbacks may be healthy enough to start. Secretly, the fans hope he is not because we don't want him <laughs> to be killed. Um, <laughs> but yes, we may not be starting a wide receiver. Oh, okay. It still doesn't change my bet. Georgia minus 25, take it. <laughs> I'm going to go with the uh, 49ers minus 9.5 at the Washington Redskins. That's uh, good. Cal Shanahan, he had some uh, a fun quote I saw on Twitter where it said, some reporter asked him, hey, what do you like about your time in Washington? And he said, loved coaching with my dad. The uh, I loved coaching with my dad. And uh, they're like, oh, what, what do you not like about Washington? He goes, oh, everything else. So he's feeling cocky. He's feeling good about his team. He might run that score up. I hope he does. 49ers minus nine and a half. Last one, I'm taking Chargers plus two at the Tennessee Titans. Philip Rivers owns our ass. He just, he does. It pisses me off. I'm probably not watching that game because I'm going to be sitting in my recliner just cussing. Um, Yeah. Philip Rivers has nine kids. I hope he's owning the ass. (laughs) Oh, God. I mean, if he on the ass, he wouldn't have so many kids. Come on, man. Ow. <laughs> Explicit filter on this one. I'll be sure to put that one on there. Did you actually pull for the Steelers last week, Chris? I hate Phillip Rivers. Like, absolutely wow. hate. And and also, also, this is another thing. I needed Hunter, Hen- Hunter Henry to have a huge game. And the only way that was happening is if the Chargers were coming from behind. So... And I did win my fantasy matchup this week because of Hunter Henry. So it was kind of like a, I was kind of rooting for Hunter Henry and also hate Phillip Rivers. It was, I think you hate the Steelers well. more than any NFL team. So I assume that, you know, you would pull for like, the Chargers in the game. I like the Chargers more, but I hate Phillip Rivers. Like, I, That's mm. like, who has nine kids? Who has time for nine kids? Whose wife wants nine kids? Phil Rivers' wife? I could... It, I, I have two kids and it's like all I can handle. Like nine, get out of here. I mean, Phil Rivers manages to have nine kids and be an NFL quarterback. So, I mean, yeah. that's pretty impressive. I'm, I'm going to confidently say you can't do both well. Let's just be real here. There's no way you have enough time to parent nine kids and be on the road six months out of the year. Apparently, he's pretty successful at fathering. Are you talking about his sexual escapades now, Hickman? I don't think that's really a topic that we need to broach. But <laughs> Next I'm week, just, we'll I'm make sense looking, of Phillip Rivers the, in the I'm sack. Just, oh, God. <laughs> I'm just looking at the numbers, kind of like the number of you know <laughs> songs that are, that are Boy George Straight Road. I'm just going with the facts. Tough, tough facts to swallow there. Well, yeah. nothing but the facts here, boys. Those are our... Uh, that's our picking and grinning segment. We'll be getting out of here. Hopefully, we'll have some something more interesting next week to talk about than the XFL and the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. But I hope you enjoyed it. Let us know how bad our takes were on the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. If you're a big if you're a big MC5 or Kraftwerk fan, we love to hear from you at Sports Nuts Pod on Twitter. 
or hit us up on the Facebook group. Um, so until next week, we'll be back at you for episode 13 next week. This was the Sports Nuts and Beer Guts Pod. Mm-hmm.